Hello and welcome to the podcast. You're listening to Black Helicopter News and I am your host, President Zen One. And today is Wednesday, April 26, 2017 and it's 1.15 p.m., 57 degrees and cloudy here at the Jersey Shore. So, like I mentioned last episode, today we have a special guest. Today, Andy Malafarina, host of the Dope Show podcast, stand-up comic, and host of Breakfast Beats on YouTube, joins us. He calls in the show, and we have a nice discussion on a wide array of topics. So buckle up. It's going to be a great episode. We'll be right back. Grasshopper is offering an opportunity to save $50 on your order. Sound more professional and stay connected with Grasshopper, the virtual phone system designed for entrepreneurs. Grasshopper works just like a traditional phone system, but requires no hardware to purchase or software to install. It's all managed online or by phone. Callers can reach you wherever you are, on your cell, in the office, or at home. Try grasshopper.com slash blackhelicopternews. Gamefly.com has over 8,000 new releases and classics available to rent on every major console, even older systems. And as a Gamefly member, you can rent as many console, games, and they'll be delivered directly to you for one low monthly fee. There's never any due dates or late fees. Gamefly also offers the ability to rent Blu-rays and DVDs at no extra charge. Sign up for a premium 30-day trial for free. No contracts, cancel anytime. To get started, go to GameFlyOffer.com slash Black Helicopter News for your free 30-day trial. When news breaks in the tri-state area of the world, you will hear it here on WBHN New Jersey. You're listening to Black Helicopter News hosted by Andrew Robinson. Here's what's in the news. Welcome to the show. I've been meaning to get you on for a while, so I'm glad uh, finally, almost a year later. Uh, yeah, dude. So I just want to touch on a little bit of a few things while I have you on the show. But let's jump to real quick libertarianism because I think that's interesting that because you got a unique thing like you've got like you got music, right? You have hip hop, you have society and culture you talk about, but also libertarianism. And that's kind of like not your average like topic of choice. At least no. in the And that's interesting. And they say, though, and I believe in a lot of libertarianism. And it's funny. They say w- one thing libertarians hate other than anything, even government, is other libertarians. So much yeah. infighting. Well, yeah, I mean, cause look, yeah, yeah, libertarians. And it, it, I'm kind of going to, like, contradict myself in the process of what I'm about to say. Because, like, libertarians, 
love love infighting and sort of being like overly critical of one another, which I guess, like I said, I'm about to do right now, but it's it's more so just to uh, uh, explain my point. But like, so like one of the, one of my favorite ones. So anyone listening, if you don't know, there's like two big groups of libertarianisms where uh, there's minarchists and anarchists, anarcho-capitalists, and to, there's a lot of things to describe them but sort of the long and short version of it is um like minarchists believe in a very 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 small government essentially just so there can be like a military for protective reasons and anarchists essentially believe or anarcho-capitalists essentially believe um you know no government everything should be uh you know through voluntary exchanges and this and that which sidebar i i sometimes don't love the term Anarchy, anarchist, because it, it sort of gives people who don't really understand what it really means. Like, it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily mean like everyone running around like fucking Mad Max. It more just means like no government and peaceful voluntary exchanges. So, I personally, I always like to throw this out there. I like the term voluntarist, but you know, whatever gets you closer to liberty, I can give a fuck less. But a lot of the anarcho-capitalists and like minarchists and other sort of sect of liberty of libertarianism, they always love to debate and argue which really specific version of their libertarianism would be the best, and it's just like, guys, we are so far from any of that, you know what I mean? Like, okay, we're a million miles away from anarcho-capitalism, but we're also 999,000 miles away from minarchism, so it's like, let's stop... They, they always love to, it's like, get out of your own little world of libertarianism. And because I, I know for me, a lot of times, like, I'll get, I'll get into the libertarian world. And, you know, like, like, especially when the election's happening, you see, you know, Gary Johnson being a dope and just misrepresenting yeah. the whole thing. Like, you see that and it's just. The libertarians, like, I follow all these, like, libertarian sites and this and that. The libertarians, like, when stuff like that happens, it's the biggest thing in the world. But when you look at the mainstream uh, media, it's just like one little article saying, oh, Gary Johnson didn't know what Aleppo was anyway. So it's like, you got to get out of your own little world. Of, I mean, still stay in it so you can sort of, cause you know, at the same time, it's like a balancing act. Because like at, at one point, it's like you don't want to get, you don't want to just keep arguing with each other. You know, because when you do that, there's no way of bringing more people over to libertarianism. But, you know, at the same time, they're, you know, especially with the with uh, this last election where you have all these, like, libertarians sort of trying to appeal because the alt-right is, like, the big thing now. So you have all these libertarians trying to appeal to the alt-right, so they, like, go support Trump and do this and that. You, you know, at the same time, you got to keep other libertarians honest. But also, it's like, I don't think a lot of libertarians keep in perspective of how, like, we're, there's a lot more libertarians than there used to be, no doubt, but in the grand scheme of things, it's still a pretty small group, you know, over the whole country, so I just feel like, and that's why I do sort of a podcast the way I do, where it is, I was talking, I had um, other uh, libertarian and cognitive liberty act uh, activists, I guess you would say, or advocate is a better word, Mike Brancatelli. Yeah, I had him on, and I was talking to him about this, where I'm just like, I'm not necessarily going at this where, like, I'm doing a libertarian podcast. I'm doing, like, a hip-hop, uh, 
uh, pop culture, social commentary, political, yada, yada podcast that happens to be hosted by a libertarian. And that's sort of my uh, way of attacking this, where I go about it, where I'm like, you know, I'm talking about hip-hop and all this and that, and we're just talking about, like, silly things that happen in the news. And it's like, oh, by the way, I'm a libertarian, so I'm going to interpret this stuff this way. And if you like it, I really hope you, you know, want to be a libertarian too, because that'd be super fun. <laughs> yeah, man. I uh, remember an episode you did, like, last summer or something where you were saying, like, what was your role in in um, pushing like libertarianism and you were kind of dissecting like the 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 levels of it like so, you yeah. know, somewhere in between different people yeah also, well i sort of i sort of look at it where it's like because there's a lot of there's a lot of libertarian and i think it's one actual problem with the type of people who become a libertarian is a lot of these people are they're like uh they're too smart for their own good so they don't understand how to talk to, like, normal people. So when normal people... It's like, I get it, man. When normal people see... Like, like if, if you look at all the books people say that are, like, the standard, like, libertarian books, man. Well, first off, it, you know, to, to understand a lot of that stuff, you gotta, do, you gotta do a decent amount of reading. So that the first step there, a lot of people are gonna be like, fuck that. I know I was when I first you know, first sort of started getting into libertarianism. I'm just like, which also on the other hand, you don't necessarily have to read all these books, but like all these different topics where, cause like one part of being a libertarian, it's, it's always good to have, you know, like a basic, and I'm no genius in this yet, but it's like, it's always good to have like a basic understanding of economics and economics can be kind of boring. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it it can be kind of boring. So it's like I get, but you have all these all these you know people who are a little more um, they're like more of the academic type who are you know they can they can get you these topics. But then when you get down to people like me who are just you know you know kind of I always put it like I'm just I'm just a dude talking about some shit. It, you know, you're not going to sit down with a thick economics book and, like, really get into it. So, I'm, like, my whole thing right now is trying to figure out a way, you know, to present libertarianism in this, you know, more everyman way where it's just, like, it's not just this fringe thing. You can just be, a, like I said before, you can just be a dude talking about some shit and we can still be libertarian. So, I'm just trying to always figure out, that's why I incorporate the hip-hop and everything, just trying to, I mean, also, too, I'm just, like, a huge hip-hop fan, there's that, but, I'm, you know, I'm always just trying to incorporate, you know, the, all the libertarianism into, like, an everyman sort of mindset, so it, 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 it becomes less of this, like, scary, daunting, thing. because, like, when you're a libertarian, you do kind of have to, you know, like, like if you want to be, if, and I, if you want to be like a, a fan of Bernie Sanders or whatever, it doesn't take a lot. And I'm not sure, this isn't like a dig on Bernie Sanders fans, although I'm not a huge fan of you guys, but it's not even like a dig work. But if you really look at it, to be a Bernie Sanders fan, all you have to know is raise the minimum wage, free healthcare, free school, uh, the top one of the top 1% are really, really bad. Like that's literally all you have to know. But to be a libertarian, you, or to be, you know, to understand any of that stuff, you have to, you have to understand, you know, uh, uh, the business cycle and, and how economics work and what blowback theory is and all. So it, it, 
it takes a little bit, initially speaking, to get to, to get over that first hump of being a libertarian, it takes a little bit of effort. And that's, that can be kind of daunting. So I'm just trying to be a more welcoming segue into libertarianism, just to show you, like, hey, man, it's not, you know, if we all get on board, it's not this boogie, man. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Yeah, and I respect that what you're doing with that. I salute you on that. I want to make a couple quick points. Ron Paul first brought me to libertarianism. And in addition, the last election, the libertarian candidate I was rooting for, I was uh, giving my, my uh, I was advocating for was John McAfee. And, um, oh, yeah, you like McAfee? Yeah, he's, well, I know he's totally out there, but I mean, I was, uh, mixed on, I was mixed on McAfee. I liked um I like Austin Peterson way more. Yeah, he was arguing a lot with him on the debates. He's good though. Austin Peterson is was the second one I liked the most. Johnson was like the previous election cycle I liked him. But I really like how this um election cycle because we've had those two main candidates that were running that everyone hated. I was so happy after all these years to see Finally, they were had no choice. The establishment had no choice but to start giving more attention to the other third parties. I think it's funny as hell how yeah. the Green Party and Libertarian Party both say, we're the third biggest political party in the U.S. Well, which one is it? You both can't be the third biggest. Um, and then also, now switching low to what you say, how it's funny because how hip-hop in some ways contradicts libertarianism, but there's a lot of values that they that they uh, that community could embrace like gun rights for starters, um, ending the drug war. So that could uh, be yeah, a so good base to win over. Yeah, really, especially with especially with the whole yeah, like you said, gun rights and ending ending the drug war, especially because if you listen to hip hop music, you know a lot of a lot of it is anti cop. You know, a lot of it they're talking about drugs and selling drugs and this and that and how hard of a struggle it is and this and that to sell drugs and it's like hey you want to make you want to cut down on how much of a struggle this is let's try to end the drug war together you know what i mean absolutely and that's imperative base to win because that is a large group of people worldwide that could really shape the future of this world yeah it's definitely i think your average there's definitely a, a lot of people in hip hop to tap into that haven't, you know, come over to the whole libertarian mindset. Like, I mean, even in music in general, like it's like literally right now, often I and I, I try to look for every uh, every like libertarian music act there is, just because there is none. But the only ones that I can think of are the, the biggest one um, is this uh, rap slash like hip hop or. Not slash it, but it's like a rap sort of rock group called uh, Backwards. There's them, and then there's um. I remember this one. I, I listened to a song or two, and it stuff's dope. It's called like Free Not, like astronauts, but Free Not. Nice. And then I like what? that name. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I I, I want to check out more of the stuff because I heard like a song or two, and it's really it's really dope. But um, and then also too, there's this ska band called the Interrupters, which they don't even necessarily identify as libertarian. It's just their lead singer used to... Their lead singer, when she was solo, before they started the band, she was a very outspoken libertarian. Like, she wrote a song 
for the for Ron Paul's campaign in 2012. And then if you listen to all the Interrupters albums, there's a lot of like libertarian theme songs. Where they have a song called they literally have a song called Liberty and stuff like that. And they have like so, they, but they, they've never just flat out said, "Hey, we're a libertarian band." But if you listen to their shit, there's a lot of libertarian themes. But also, they're just like a really dope ska band. But um, yeah, but besides them, I literally can't. I can't think of any other bands that sort of identify as libertarian. So if you look in, you know, not even just the hip hop realm, but the music realm, which I, you know, try to attack on the whole, are a lot of. You know, that, that stuff's the art. So you, they're probably just swimming with, like, Democrats and lefties and stuff. So, you know, there's there's definitely a lot of people to tap into and spread the ideas. Because that's kind of what, because like I was saying before with a lot of these libertarians, where, you know, you do the infighting and you don't get outside of your own, you don't get outside of your own world. It's good to go to places where it's like where's there where there's not a lot of libertarians and try to spread the message in a more digestible way. Absolutely. Do you need socks? Sure you do. Check it out. Bombas are socks engineered and designed to look better, feel better, and perform better. Bombas are purpose-built for athletic performance and designed for extreme leisure. Each section of a Bombas sock has been carefully created to improve on years of sock complacency in the industry. And one pair purchased equals one pair donated. So folks, I highly suggest you check them out if you're in the market for socks. I think what these people are doing is amazing and they are revolutionizing the sock industry. They have this new honeycomb arch support, which is great. It gives us extra support around the arch. And I know with my feet, sometimes that's an area where I get a little bit of pain. And also Invisito, you know that annoying bump on the toes of most socks? Well, they got rid of it. So, dude, check it out. They've already donated over 2 million socks. Socks are the most requested item in homeless shelters. So act now. Get bombas.com slash news and get 15% off your first purchase. BarkBox is offering an opportunity to receive one free extra month at BarkBox.com. BarkBox is committed to making dogs happy. BarkBox is a delivery of four to six natural treats and super fun toys curated around a surprise theme each month. And if you sign up today, you'll receive one extra free month with either your six or 12 month subscription. To get started, go to GetBarkBox.com slash Black Helicopter News. You're listening to Black Helicopter News. I want to ask you about that mic setup you got, though. You got a nice mic setup I noticed on Breakfast Beats, and eventually I'm looking into getting something like that. But I see how you have that fancy mic stand. It looks like it's uh, out of the radio station. Oh, yeah, man, it's, um, yeah, that's the, that's the cool part now about, like, this day and age with, you know, technology and this and that, or not even, yeah, I guess technology would categorize it as, but yeah, like, with the money, like, I can't just be balling out everywhere, spending it on expensive-ass recording equipment, like, those mic stands literally, like, two of them cost me about 30 bucks, excuse me, another one only cost me, like, 10 bucks, it's, 
you just kind of got to go look around. There's a lot of good equipment out there where you really don't have to drop a whole lot of coin. It, it's nice now. It's not like super expensive to make, um, you know, it's not super expensive to give yourself a somewhat professional uh, looking, you know, setup and everything. Because, you know, it's just, you got to kind of, you know, look around go on the different websites there's like musicians friend and guitar center and all those different websites kind of just scout you know all the equipment there is and you just and it, it, it's just a matter of all right you want because what i always did was i'd watch like the real profe- i'd watch the real professional different shows and then i sit there and go all right how do i how can i do that you know what i mean like how can i with my bank account get as close to that as possible you know you just do a little bit of looking maybe buy a used item here or there and yeah it's just just about making sure you always have that attention to detail so and also let me ask about editing i i use audacity do you edit audio or edit video the video part seems like it'd be so hard to edit video i i know how to edit audio but not video um, I do, I do a little bit of video editing. Um, when I do the breakfast, well, so like with the breakfast beat, I set that up based around, uh, I got creative with that based around my like work schedule and stuff. Cause I wanted to have more of a YouTube presence or I wanted, I wanted to like build my YouTube channel, but like I, I work nine to 10 hours a day usually just because it's, you know, it's real busy at my job. So there's been a lot of overtime and then after, after work during the week, I'm almost always going out to do open mics because I do stand-up comedy as well. And so I, I, I have a really, you know, during the week, I have a really busy schedule. And then on top of that, because I don't see my lady too often during the week just because I'm doing, I'm working and doing comedy and stuff. I usually like to, to kind of be more relaxed on the weekend. Although I do record my podcast on the weekend. I like, with all that stuff, I like being more relaxed so I can spend more time with her. Cause I don't want to just be, you know, okay, okay. We can have this time to spend together. And I'm just sitting at my computer editing video all day. No, I want to like chill on the couch with her, watch a movie with her, go out and get there. You know, I want to do all that. So I kind of just, Looked at that, and I'm like, all right, how can I do this and make a, um, you know, do a daily or, you know, three times a week, like, vlog on YouTube? And I basically, like, with the breakfast feeds, I don't really edit them. I just got, I just, you know, from doing podcasts over time, I, got, I, I tried to figure out how I can be real concise with what I'm trying to say in a, you know, in one take. So it's like the... With the breakfast feeds, I don't, I actually don't edit those <laughs> ever. And then a lot of times when I post the podcast, because I like to have I like to have a more relaxed sort of vibe to it. And also too, man, to be perfectly honest, those podcasts are long and and they're free. So like for me to just sit there and go back and edit little every little detail just to like kind of you know sand off the edges and stuff, it's just not worth my time to be perfectly honest. But like. With, with some other stuff, I'll do, like, music reviews a lot of times. Like, I just posted a, a music review for a Backwards new album, Veracity, which you should all definitely check out the review and the album. But, um, like, with that one, I, you know, I just, I use Final Cut Pro X, which is, like, a really nice, like, a lot of people shit on it. So, like, more of the professionals shit on it because it's, it, they took Final Cut and kind of took away a lot of the bells and whistles, per se. It, but for me, man, it's a cheaper option that, 
is just, is, is still very, very useful. So, like, I use Final Cut Pro X with, um, you know, with the podcast, I'm not doing anything, I'm not doing anything fancy audio-wise, so I just use GarageBand. It's more of a matter, because, like, people get hung up, like, oh, I don't have the professional software, I don't have the professional equipment, and it's just like, no, nah, man, when it really comes down to it, if you got, if you got dope content, and you figure out how to use the equipment to the best of its ability. Like, perfect example, do you know the, the EDM artist, Dead Mouse? Yeah, I've heard of them. Yeah, I, I, I don't really listen to him ever. I just remember he was on he was on Joe Rogan a while ago, and I found it interesting that Joe Rogan was talking to Dead Mouse. So I listened to it, and he made a great point where he's just like, dude, at the end of the day, Yes, the better equipment and the better audio software and stuff is going to help you a little bit, but if you don't have the ability to make dope music, like, you're going to be shit out of luck. And he started naming these, like, you know, a couple of these new acts where they're like, they did their whole album on GarageBand. A lot of, you know, in the music world, a lot of people shit on GarageBand, but it's like, what's saying, yes, is it going to be a little bit harder to use GarageBand because it doesn't have the same type of fancy bells and whistles and it doesn't have the same fancy capabilities, but at the same time, if that's all you can have, if all you can have is GarageBand, just don't just don't just wallow in like, oh, all I can have is a spell. Excel at that shitty software and make it as least shitty as possible. So that's what I, you know, I don't, I try not to dwell on what I don't have. I just try to, I try to excel with what I do have. So that, and to bring it all back to. What I was saying about breakfast beats, that's what I did with that. Rather than just being like, oh, I have no time to edit, so I'm not going to post a video. What I decided to do was, you know, before I was recording them on, like, my laptop camera, and I'm like, all right, let's, how can I, how can I just shoot these in one take in the morning before work, but still make them as close to, you know, what the other, YouTubers who have time to edit this shit, make it as close to that as possible, and then content-wise, up the content. So, you know, I, I got better at relaying my thoughts in one take in less than, like, 10 minutes, and I make sure I use my high quality, my, I, I use my good camera every time so it looks professional, and I got a microphone for the camera, which shout out to my parents. They hooked me up. <laughs> they hooked me up with a guitar center gift card for my birthday. I'm still struggling, so need the parents' help sometimes. So I'll be perfectly honest about that. But um, yeah, no. So I got I got like a microphone for my camera that gives it better quality than just the camera. So so rather than like I said before with breakfast beats, rather than just sitting there and be sad because I don't have all the time in the world to edit a video every day. I figured out how to do it with what I had. So I think that's more, just look just look at the stuff you have and just figure out the best way to excel with it. Nice. All right. I'm trying to get away from editing as much. I feel like I'm a slave to my ways with, um, with editing the podcast because I'll be on it for hours editing it. And it's like, I, it's a free podcast. Like you say, that puts it in perspective. Like I'm trying to really get to the point where I can just, run it through without having to dance around. Yeah, like well, it's not like, you, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to have the attitude of just like, well, fuck you, it's free. I don't have to do any work. But it's like, like, perfect example, I remember my one buddy was telling me this story. He was watching like a Bruce Springsteen documentary. And I think he was talking about 
it was Bruce Springsteen talking about writing like Born to Run or one or one of his famous songs. And he was saying it took him like nine months or something ridiculous like that to write Born to Run. And I'm like, you know what? Realistically, realistically, Bruce it's Bruce Springsteen. He's a very talented musician. I got to imagine that about three months he had the song. But then in the next six months, it was just new rotating versions of a good song. You know what I mean? And yeah. how I'm trying to like re- relate that to me is that, you know, you can, you can sit there for hours editing a podcast, but at a certain point, you're just making all these like minor changes where it's not even, it's not going to be making that, it's like the time you're spending, is it worth what you're getting out of it? And, I, and what I'm saying is, like, if you spend a little bit of time, if if, if, it, if the content is already good in the podcast before you edit it, then you don't have to worry about spending so much time editing it. You know, and also, too, it, like I said before, it is a free podcast. So, you know, you want to you wanna free up time to do more shit with it so the less time you spend editing the more the more time you have to you know promote it and do other positive things for the podcast i just want to say real quick i like how you balance shit because you've got a busy schedule with the pod working the breakfast beats and chilling with your girl i also want to say it's pretty cool how sometimes you'll have her on uh the podcast because that's like relationship goals it's pretty yeah. cool I, um, yeah well i no, no, I was just saying, like, I, well, I got her on the one time because we got engaged, so I was like, I want to talk about it, but she's the person I got engaged to, so it'd be good to have her, you know, perspective on that, and then she just ended up being good on the podcast, and I, because they're hard, I used to do them, like, completely by myself, and they're just, like, I can do it, but it just gets, it just, it's weird and lonely, because it's like, if you're doing a podcast by yourself, and then you just kind of, like, in the middle of it, I have these moments where I just sit back and I'm just like, I'm just like, if the recorder wasn't here, I'd just be talking in a room. I'm just talking in a room by myself. This is, like, weird. <laughs> Dude, so I it's just, Yeah, it's just nice to be able to bounce ideas off someone else and get, like, a different perspective. And also, too, it's fun to have her on because she's not, like, she's open to a lot of my libertarian ideas, but she's not, she wouldn't consider herself a libertarian yet. So it's it's cool when I bring up stuff and then she'll kind of question me like, oh, why is that? You know what I mean? Like, why is that? I'll, I'll, I'll bring up a libertarian idea and she'll kind of like not fully get it. And then that that's opportunity for me to sort of explain it. And then anyone who is listening who's not really a libertarian, it, it becomes like an opportunity for me to explain stuff like that. And also, too, she's just, she's just good on the mic. So... I don't. I like having her on there. Cool. Um, also, I noticed I saw one day in the feed you had a WrestleMania predictions video with you and a bunch of other people on a, another chat on another like site. How many predictions for WrestleMania thirty three did you have come correct? Uh, I think it was fun with fools. Was that it? Yeah. Well, what we were doing is um, me. My friends, uh, Lamar Lee, host of the Weak Joke Strong Men podcast, and Patrick George, host of the Gross Domesticated podcast. We sort of have like a makeshift podcast network. You know what I mean? There's no like official website, but it's more just a sort of, it's, it's more just a, a crew and an idea and everything, but it's called Fun with Schools. It's this collective we have to 
sort of, you know, spread fun, stupid comedy the way we like it. And we do a lot of these, you know how Joe Rogan does his fight companion? Yeah. We do, we do our version, which is Chumpanions, and we <laughs> did one for uh, WrestleMania. So we all went over to Pat George's house, went up into his, uh, his caddick, as he called it. And yeah, we had a dope live stream of uh, WrestleMania. That shit was that shit was fun, but I was not ready for how long WrestleMania was gonna be. That shit was like the main show was like five six hours, so we like barely made it through. But yeah, I think I ended up winning by by one. Yeah, it was like five to six, I think, and I, I ended up winning. But yeah, we do a lot of that stuff. If you want to go over to Facebook.com/slash/funwithest. Uh, you can look at all, you know, we post a lot of cool shit. Actually, this month, we did, we, uh, we recorded this show. It's called The Show. It's a talk show I host with, you know, LaMare, Pat, and a bunch of other comedian friends of mine. So there's a bunch of videos up there. If you just want to go to facebook.com slash fun with the F, you can check out all that stuff. Cool. Yeah, I liked it because, um, I'm also a wrestling fan. Nice. I assume you love the Hardy Boys coming out then. Yeah. I got excited because they came out, but at the same time, I'm like, all right, WWE is not doing all the crazy shit from the Attitude Era. And I was like, this is going to be cool, but this isn't going to be, you know, exactly what you want. And then you see fucking them set up the extra, extra high ladder and jumping right off of it. And you're like, oh, shit, no, they're going, they're going balls out with this. Yeah. Up. That was a great match. Yeah, I don't know. I just I don't really um I don't really watch wrestling regularly. I kind of just come back in for the um yeah. I'm I'm kind of the I just kind of tap back in for the uh, pay per view. So I'm kind of that fan where you know you're just watching it and I'm just like, who's that guy? Who's that guy? Okay. Who's that? <laughs> yeah. This yeah. gonna be a great match at Payback coming up April thirtieth. Uh, Bray Wyatt versus Randy Orton in a House of Horrors match. Now they're doing new, oh, a, a new gimmick. And I remember one of the last fights they had, they projected uh, maggots or something like that up close on the ring while Randy Orton was laying in it, and he like got freaked out, jumped out of the ring. So, so that if that's anything to to uh, foreshadow what this House of Horrors match is gonna be like, then this is gonna be an instant classic. That shit cracks me up. I remember that during WrestleMania when he starts showing the maggots and stuff on the ring. And that shit cracks me up because, like, it's just, it's just so funny because, like, all the announcers are like, oh, my God, what's going on? What's go and it's just like, it's just, I, I mean, I know it's wrestling, so it's like you got to have that sort of suspension of disbelief and everything. But, like, it's just, it's just hilarious to me where... It's like you know the you know the the fucking logistics they would have to go through to have that set up, and you're just gonna sit there like, what? I didn't know this was gonna happen. Oh yeah, good point. Hey yo, that's that Project Bluebeam technology right there. A what? Project Bluebeam technology. What's that? Oh, there's a conspiracy about uh, called Project Bluebeam where it first came about because they in the Iraq War they were talking about projecting an image of. Um, a certain prophet into the skies telling them like surrender. Oh, that really? sounds crazy, but yeah, they were going to say that um, Project Bluebeam was this secret uh, plan to project and also stage a fake alien invasion to to usher oh, in no. a new world order using satellites. Hey, man, and it's the same technology. It's the same technology they use also to put uh, Tupac on the Coachella 
a few years back. Oh, the hologram shit. Yeah. yeah. Hey, I'm open to all that stuff. I, I, I'm always like, I'm always like in between on the conspiracy theories because you have like the government's version and then you have like the hardcore conspiracy theorists and I'm always like somewhere in the middle on that. So, you know, I wouldn't put it past them to try some wacky shit like that because there's, wasn't there, um, now, I'm, I might have my facts a little jumbled, but wasn't there the whole, weren't they trying to do that, like, gay bomb or something that day? Like, they didn't actually make it, but they had plans on making a bomb, like, or, or like, a, a bomb or something that would go off, send smoke in the air, and, like, you know, make soldiers gay, and then, I don't know, and it would distract them and not want to fight any, I don't know, but, like... Yeah, yeah, I heard of that, yep. I wonder if that was related to where they were putting the people on LSD, but it's... Still in the same. Oh, what was that? Family. MK Ultra. Yeah. That's the thing. It's like people tell these stories. You know, like people like you'll you'll say a thing like that, like oh, there were what you call a blue beam. Yeah. Yeah. So the people will be like, oh, you know, someone like you will say, oh, there's blue beam, and they're trying to portray alien attack to like freak people out, and you're just like, oh, that's ridiculous. But then you look at like some of the stuff that they actually have done, and you're like. All right, it's not out of the realm of possibility that they would want to try that. <laughs> yeah. You're not completely crazy for thinking that. Yeah, they were. Mull- I'm sure they were really mulling it around, and then somebody was like, no, let's not do that yet. Let's, uh... Dude, it, someone at least brought it up, and then they had like a like an hour-long meeting about it. I guarantee yeah. you. <laughs> yeah. That's at least what happened. All right, dude, I know you got to go. Plug all your projects, and we'll just wrap things up. Alright, man. Um, so, yeah, if you guys want to check out any of the stuff I do, uh, first place to go to is definitely the dope show podcast.com. It's not, a, it's not a beautiful site at the moment, I'll be perfectly honest about that, but it does have all the links. There's the Facebook, Twitter, uh, YouTube channel, all that. Um, and yeah, the stuff I do is basically the dope show podcast every Monday morning. A uh, new episode of The Dope Show, just search The Dope Show Official on iTunes. Go to YouTube, just search The Dope Show Podcast. I post uh, The Breakfast Beat every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, talking about hip-hop, music, and any everything in between. Um, and also, too, I, on the YouTube channel, I do music reviews and other produ- I'm working on more produced videos. And yeah, that's, uh, that's pretty much it for the stuff I do. I do stand-up comedy, so look out for that. Um, I, I, you know, I'll, I'll post, you know, places I'm doing shows on the Dope Show Facebook page. So if you have any interest in that, just go check out all that stuff. But yeah, there you go. All right, brother. Thanks for coming on. Um, it's great having you on, and I'd love to get you back on the show sometime soon. Yeah, man, whenever, whenever you want me on, I'll be glad, I'll be happy to come on. Awesome, man. All right, so this will wrap up this week's edition of the podcast. So thanks for tuning in and have a great rest of your week.
Are you going to do that podcast festival in Asbury if they have it this year? Yeah, if they'll, if they'll have me, I'll definitely come back. You had to, like, apply as a contest or something? That's what I heard. But. Yeah, through the whole submission and everything process, I just got to, like, look out for that when it comes up. But, yeah, it was a real fun time to have three parts. Comedy festival and everything. That was a dope, that was a dope day. The weather was fucking gorgeous. Yeah. I was just networking, man. That place has got expensive beers. I remember you mentioned that in your, in your stand-up there. You were like... I asked the bartender for a PBR and he spit on me or something. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, I just, I, I rolled up and, like, my go-to all the time when I wore a beer is just, like, whatever. Well, not all the time, but at the time then I wasn't as, like, I have a slightly better job now so I can afford slightly more expensive yeah. beer. But at the time, my go-to was just assuming whatever the cheapest beer was. And I think I got a PBR and he's like, no. And I was like, all right, how about Coors Light? He's like, no. And now I'm just... I start realizing, I'm like, all right, all your go-tos are not at this bar. <laughs> so I immediately had to step it up and pull out my... But no, I mean, they good beer and good food and everything, so it was a fun time. Yeah, a lot of the other bars around there, they have the $2 um, Valentine's and PBRs and stuff. Oh, okay. Do you, oh, do you live out there? Yeah, I live in, a, like, two towns over, but these are small towns. Oh, oh, Okay. So I live close though. It's it, I rarely, I only went there like twice. If you get these big ass mugs of like an eight dollar beer, and it's like I don't know, man. Yeah, but that's better than like near where I live. There's um there's this place called the Sam Casino, and I dropped like well, I don't know if it's I was trying. I was in like a fucking party mode and getting ripped and everything. But I dropped. I remember I dropped like a hundred dollars there because me and my girl went to go see the Deftones in concert, and they were they were basically doing that shit where they're selling like a pounder for like eleven dollars. And I was just in one of those moves where I was like, fuck it. I just started throwing back fucking pounders and I, at the end of the night, well, also too, to be fair, my girl had about three or four expensive mixed drinks and those racked up. Those were pretty expensive, so uh, the whole thing ended up being like $100. But I still had a good-ass time. What's your favorite beer since we're on this topic? Favorite beer? Like, absolute favorite? Well, something along your top, one of your, like, good ones. That you... I don't know, man, because I have, like, a whole... Oh, shit. Um... There's this one, I totally forget what it's called because I, I just buy it by the look of it. So, like, there's a Whole Foods near my house that I sometimes go to if I want to pick up 50 beers. But at the same time, my instinct is still to go cheaper. So, I go to Whole Foods and I find the six pack of the 16 ounce beers. Nope. So, I just, ah, uh, but that one's called, like, called, like, Abby something. But I don't know, man. My, like, go to a lot of times is I like to mix it up where I'll go, like, half and half where I'll get, like, I'll get like a thing of Coors Light or Budweiser, but then also too, I like to mix it up and get fancy and get um, some uh, fucking, like, I'm into like Asian beers a lot. I can't, I can't pronounce them for the fucking life street, but uh. <laughs> yeah, I used to work at a liquor store, so I tried a whole bunch, but um, the Japanese beers, I actually never had one. My fancy beers are like Paul Lanner, like one of those Hefeweizens, and that's like my super fancy one. I like Bohemia. Uh, okay. Are those like IPAs? No, one is a just a wheat beer, and one is, is a, I think a pilsner. Oh, okay. I, okay, yeah. I, I I'm I'm like half and half on pilsners. I pretty much don't ever do IPAs. I'm pretty much like everything but you know IPA and pilsner. Or, uh, that's not true. Isn't like fucking Miller Life a pilsner? 
It is. Oh, okay, so never mind. I'm a complete liar. I still don't do. I, I still don't do IPAs. Make it strong. Yeah, well, and bitter. No, the no, IBUs, the international. Yeah, it's one of the, yeah, I don't. I don't mind a strong. I don't mind a strong beer. It's just the the, the bitterness of it. It's just like like I don't get it. I, whenever I whenever I see people raving about IPAs, it's always. You know, it's always like the, and I hate to stereotype them, but like, it's always like a, a yup, it feels like a yuppie type person is doing it. Yeah. Who aren't really, aren't, like, because if you go look at the sort of like blue collar actual beer drinking people, you know what I mean? They're gonna go just your standard like Budweiser or whatever, and, or Miller Lite and whatnot. They're not going for whatever the like, the wax. That's the other part of the IPAs that kind of annoy me. Is it's almost like it's almost like the beer is second to how fucking fancy the label can be. Yes. I don't know if I. It's got to be trendy. I don't know, man. Just give, like. Just give, yeah, yeah. Just give me a cool beer. I don't care. I don't care what your label is. And then also you have that string of IPAs trying to be like cool and edgy, and they call themselves like fucking. Oh, there's the one where it's like something bastard, and you're like, alright, come, calm down. Like, you're so sold in a wagon. Like, tone it down a little bit. There was, there is one called Old Dirty Bastard. I don't know if that's the one you're yeah. talking about by Founders. That's it's fucking strong as shit, and it's it's a dark beer. I'm still, I, yeah. I don't mind the one that's made up near where where you're from in PA, uh, Rolling Rock. The one in, um, the, the real good one in PA that I didn't realize wasn't anywhere else is, uh, Yingling. Yeah. That's like a couple steps above, not too far, it's like the same price as, say, like a Budweiser or Coors Light, but the quality is substantially better, so, but that's the one, that's the one around here that you can get, you can get a little fancy without spending the dough. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> 